content warning, this podcast contains mentions of homophobia and drug use. Hi everybody, my name is Hannah, pronouns they, them, and you're listening to another episode of Queer Sounds. What, another one already? Yes, because this September we're actually upping our release schedule from once every three weeks to once every two weeks. To be honest, I'm already surprised that I managed to do the three-week thing um, because all of the other shit that went down. Um, but I don't know. It's it's an exciting project and it's fun to do. So I'm going to do it more often, right? Um, but to actually make it happen, music licensing and hosting fees, etc., 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 you can support this podcast financially through patreon.com slash queersounds. Also, I want to remind you that there are still tickets available for the live show um, on Saturday the 19th. Um, check podcastfestival.nl for more info and tickets. Um, so with all of the household messages out of the way, introducing Kenneth. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. How about you? I'm good. Thank you. So, um... This feels a bit weird because I'm not entirely sure if people will, um, how people will react, but you're the first cis gay white man on this podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're a singer songwriter uh, currently operating from Los Angeles, but without me doing all the work for you, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, your pronouns, etc.? Uh, hi, my name is Kenneth. I am he, him. And I guess I'm a songwriter in L.A. Um, I grew up in the, on the prairie in Montana, kind of like Laura Ingalls Wilder life. Um, and yeah, big difference from where I am now. <laughs> so um, what would you say as a musician or as an artist? What is what is your your unique selling point, your USP? Um, well, see, when I started, I was one of the kind of the. I don't want to say the first, but I was I was kind of among that that first group of people that was just kind of out, but doing actual like music, music. Like my music was not my videos weren't like over sexual sexualized or things like that. I was just kind of just did real pop music, which now of course everyone is doing, which is great, you know. And and so so yeah, and I'm a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I um to describe to describe your stuff a little bit i was getting some um like um i don't know maybe maybe if sam smith was trying to do 80 stuff instead instead of 60 stuff that's a fair assessment i think all right so uh before we d- actually dive into the show why don't you take a moment to go ahead and plug your stuff um so i just had an album that came out just in june on june 19th called star stealer which is actually a cover album of mostly 80s songs so so yeah it's kind of fun dance you know just kind of give people a little happiness and the weirdness of the shit that's going on right now and um yeah so i'm on youtube and spotify and all that jazz all right um go check it out if that's something you're into but with but yeah speaking of 80s stuff let's get into the first uh first track of the day <laughs> Gonna have to warn you though, Blink and it's over. Uh, uh, it's a whopping uh, 43 seconds. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 
So, the gem theme song from a 1980s cartoon, and boy does it show, like this, <laughs> these, these neon colors, the outfits, the looks in general, like the, using the digital drum pads, everything <laughs> is just screaming 1985. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, did you know that these were, this was the same team that was behind Transformers? I did. I actually did. Yeah. Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't actually aware of G.I. Joe because that I feel like that's more of an American thing that just completely blew past me. Um, But then again, so this so did this. Um, Yeah, I I wasn't familiar with Gem and the Holograms as as a as a concept. So why don't you go ahead and introduce me and everyone in the audience who also doesn't know this? Yeah, so Jem is the story of this woman named Jerrica Benton who has this secret identity. She's, by day, she's like this super high-power record exec, and then she has these magic earrings that turn her into this super fabulous rock star, and so she kind of lives this this double life. And the music, like you said, is totally 80s and totally fun. It's a cheese fest from start to finish. It's an animated soap opera, and it is was just one of the best things of my childhood. I still to this day will sit down and just howl with laughter anytime I watch it. It's just super, super fun. And like I said, very cheesy. <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it, it sounds kind of like uh, Hannah Montana if it were animated and 80s. Yes, yeah, that's a, a fair assessment. A lot of people when Hannah Montana came out said that it was ripping off Gem. And... Yeah, because it it was she had this double life, and there were the this rival band, the Misfits, that were always you know giving her hell, and and um, so yeah, so Hannah Montana was very much a kind of live action ripoff of Gem, and then when the Gem movie came out, they said that the Gem movie was ripping off Hannah Montana, but in reality it was reversed, and it was it was very funny, <laughs> and thus the circle of life continues in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So why did you decide to go with a cartoon theme song instead of just a 1980s pop song? Because that gem was really kind of my first experience with music. Um, you know, being a kid, I I wasn't watching a lot of MTV and stuff, you know, when I was two. So so gem would come on and I would get up and dance and sing along. And they were just, I just have these, you know, great memories of this sugary pop sound. And and so it's it's something that whenever I hear it, I'm kind of taken back to my youth and I can remember dancing around, you know, in my little onesie pajamas and wanting to be just like Jem and have magic earrings that could turn me into someone fabulous. And and um, and yeah, so it's I I just kind of wanted to dig back and be like, this was just kind of like I said, my first taste of actual pop music. That actually sounds pretty wholesome. (laughs) Where, what, what were you, what was the general musical vibe in your, in your household? You know, we had everything. I, you know, would go from Gem to Madonna to Meatloaf to Air Supply and Metallica and Tiffany and Belinda Carlisle and just everything, you know. Um, oh my gosh, my grandma would always listen to, you know, Wayne Newton and... Uh, Bobby Sherman and, and people like that. So I just had this huge 
array of musical taste to kind of pick and choose from and I, I more more often than not generate towards pop music but but it was a little bit of everything which is very it, it gives me a very strange playlist for my friends to look through <laughs> what would you say out of those songs is like really representative for your um, for your time in Montana huh. probably the pop country sound like Faith Hill and Trisha Yearwood and um, Amy Grant, that that kind of Shania Twain. I don't know if you know who who any of these people are, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm familiar with Shania Twain. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, if if, if, we, if we get this, you know, she released I think her most famous album in what '97. I was around for that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also, you know, depends on on geographical differences when it comes to um, you know, the the pop charts. I don't know if you ever do this, but just go back in time and see whatever was fami- was was popular when whenever you were born or something like that. Um, I actually went browsing through. All right, these these were this was the top ten chart when when I was born, and this is this was it when I was in high school, and all of that st- type of stuff. It's not something that I really listen to, but it's fun to check out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Michael Jackson when I was you know little, like my around my birth time and and things like that. I think Michael Jackson and Billy Joel. Or who, who's big, <laughs> dating myself. So, is there a specific song that reminds you of moving from Montana to LA? Huh, a specific song that reminds me of moving. This is gonna sound so so cheesy. Um, I'm gonna pick "Defying Gravity" from Wicked, the musical. <laughs> Because I was just like, I went against all my family's wishes. I was just like, screw this, I'm out. And I remember blasting that on repeat when I got on the plane and when I got off the plane. Um, Because I was like, this is it. This is my moment. And I'm going to do it. And so I did. That's... Um, were you were you big on musicals at the time? Is that something you checked out often? I, I am. I love musical theater. I am such. I, I majored in theater in college, and I just I grew up around a community theater, and and I love musical theater. Like I have a very deep deep passion for it. Is that also something that you um, inspire yourself a lot? That that inspires you when it comes to your own music? Yes, a lot. I absolutely. There's something about musical theater, like there's there's this wonderful musical called Bear. That's a, it's called a pop opera, and it was about these two gay kids in high school, and it's kind of a Romeo and Juliet kind of a story, and that's so similar to my own in high school. And I loved the music. It's it's very pop, but it's theater pop, and um, I got lucky enough to meet the creators of it and. <clears throat> It just, it's a beautiful, beautiful story that I, I love the way that theater, it's so emotional because it, you know, they get to a point where they're so emotional that they can no longer talk. They have to burst into song. And I (laughs) love that. (laughs) 
Okay, but that already sounds like something you would do being a five-year-old, you know, playing whatever you're doing, jump through the living room and burst into song. Oh, yeah, I, I, I did. I thought that that's what you did in life because that's what every Disney movie that we watched did. And so I would just randomly burst out into song um, just whenever, whatever was going on. I'd make up little songs in my head. And years later, I had a cousin that would do the same thing. So I'm like, yes, yeah, see, it wasn't just me. I'm not as weird as everyone thinks I am. And and yeah, I, I still to this day will just randomly make up songs just <laughs> for shits and giggles, basically. I mean, that's where the entire concept of singing in the shower comes from, right? Just exactly, people exactly. being cheerful, <laughs> humming, whatever they do. 100%. Do you feel like... Um, music consumption has changed since um, moving to uh, moving from Montana to LA. Obviously, it's changed a lot over the years since. But did it feel like a turning point? Um, I think so. When I, you know, when I moved to LA, there wasn't a lot of queer artists out in the world that I could think of, you know, maybe Melissa Etheridge and Elton John and George Michael. But at that point, that was that was it. And then when I moved out to LA, I met all these indie artists, these 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 queer people that were making music I had never heard before. And it, it, this a style I'd never heard before, I guess. And, and, and the Sufjan so, Stevenses of the world. Yes. Oh, yes. And you know, it's it just kind of opened my eyes to this whole new sound and, and genre that I've absolutely love. Um, there's a great queer artist out now called Glass Battles that is kind of same as me. He is this kind of synthy pop, spook pop, like very dramatic orchestral kind of synth music, and he's. He's a really a really good friend of mine, but but he, he I loved his music before I met him, and and he's just amazing to listen to. Um, why so? Give us give us a little bit of a pitch. He so the way that he emotes, like with his voice, like it's just oh, he's got this amazingly powerful voice, and he can go from sexy to sad to making you want to cry your eyes out in, you know, the same song. And it's just, he, he's just incredible. I love his style of writing. We've written a couple songs together. And he just, his it's his voice and his performance, like when he performs is just, when this other artist I saw, he's like, he's like sex on legs. Like it's really, it was a great way to describe him because he just, just oozes sensuality when he sings. And it's just amazing. Awesome. 
Wow. <laughs> what a tune. Jesus. Your reaction was the best. I wish that this was a video podcast. Wait, you could see that? I could see your reaction. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, I checked it out before, but I, I, in, in preparation for the show, but I did not notice how thick those German accents were. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. My camera is on. I can see now. Oh, my God. Um... So yeah, Marilyn's Boys, um, created by the one, the only, who could forget, Yves Steinauer, um, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of the two singles they put out, maybe? I, I think, yeah, I think they had two. I think this one and then an original one that I don't really remember. I just remember this one because I remember it being such a big deal that they were the first, you know, gay boy band. And I give you the stars is what it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) This song, like the, the, the effect that they put in, um, in the, in the, in the second verse, like what even is that? Some kind of weird vocoder thing? Yeah. I, the precursor to autotune maybe i don't even know like it was it it's great i love it but it's so bad <laughs> it's fun it's fun is what it is yes, um yes, it's it's, it's not a pinnacle of of great musicianship i mean it, no. <laughs> it it was when donna summer and georgia Moroder did it but yeah but this is it's it's such a fun thing just because of i don't know it's it gets it, it puts a smile on your face. Yes, exactly. And that's the important thing with, with pop music is it, it puts a smile on your face. And and this I was looking back, I was gonna I hadn't seen the video in forever. I just I had the song, you know, since way back when. But I started the video just to kind of see and I was like, Oh, this is so bad. Like I went on a trip this morning just kind of looking at old music videos from when I was younger, like with them in steps and like the tragedy video and i was like this is awful i remember thinking they were so amazing and i was like these are so bad but fun they're still fun <laughs> all right but I, I i looked at their cover art based <laughs> on the outfits i wasn't sure whether it was actually really you know when i saw it i was thinking okay this kind of makes sense these look like nostalgia fueled uh this looks like a nostalgia fueled band who is who is making a uh, donna summer cover sure but then i looked it up it saw there was released in 2003 and i thought oh this actually makes way more sense i haven't seen the video though i keep writing writing down every single time check out the video before you press record but Oh, you should. It's 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 a treat. <laughs> and yeah, I think yeah, back two thousand three when it when the disco resurgence, you know, was in full swing. So why did you pick it? Because you also said it's not the best song out there. No, but it's fun and it makes me I remember being so excited because it was the first out gay boy band and back when I was a 
young person, I wanted that. I wanted to be in the Backstreet Boys and in NSYNC, and I think I just wanted Lance and Nick, but still, um, I wanted to be a part of that. And so when they came out, I was like, oh, they're doing, they're doing what I want to do, and they're out so I can do the same thing. And that's kind of when I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be out of my music. I'm going to do this because if they can do it, I can do it. And so that was kind of the moment where I'm like, yep, I'm a queer artist. That's just what I'm going to be known as the end. All right. Um, you kind of said the opposite in the beginning, though. Like you were just an out artist doing your thing without really using your gayness as something marketable. Not my gayness, my sex, my sex. Like I did, my videos were not sexy. Like I wasn't shirtless dancing. They're still, they're still very, very overtly queer. Like they're very, I have male love interests, love interest. I don't, interests isn't a word. Um, and so I just wasn't using my body to sell my music, I guess is what I should say. How do you feel about artists who actually do use their sexuality as a marketing tool i for them if it works it works um if i mean in i'm on if you're comfortable in your body and you want to show it off then by all means do it i still struggle with that so i'm not um and my thing is there were a lot of artists that that's what that's how they sold their music was just on their their body and i wanted to actually sing and and be known for you know my voice not you know whether or not i had abs and so that was kind of a big thing for me is that this is it was important that i did that um just for more than anything so i can prove that i can actually sing and you know there's there are a lot of out artists out there that that can sing and do have beautiful bodies that they love to show off but at the same time they a few of them um, have come out and said, I'm tired of being known as, you know, just muscles and abs. I want to be known for my music. I'm like, well, then you should have started with just music. Uh, and again, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with, with using sex or, you know, doing any of that. It just wasn't what I was comfortable with myself. Is it weird that I had to think of Lady Gaga when you described it that way? Like, sure, she can release... <laughs> Uh, an album with Tony Bennett, but everyone's just always going to know her for the outrageous outfits. Exactly. And that's so sad because she is so incredibly talented. Like I, she's an amazing songwriter. She's a great vocalist and she's weird like me, which is great. Um, I mean, she takes it to a whole nother level than I can be comfortable with. But, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's sad that she was, she's just the meat was just the meat dress girl for so long. And it's ridiculous. With, with, This band, Marilyn's Boys in particular, I tried looking up some info about them, but the most reliable source I could find um, wasn't even Wikipedia or anything. It was a, a fan page of the guy, Yves Steinauer, last updated 2004. If you, oh, wow. If you know what happened to this band after that, I would, I, I'd like to find out. This is the time to tell it because I'm curious now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, I mean, they showed up, they had those two songs, and then they literally just went by and disappeared. Right. So uh, you, you don't, you, you haven't kept track of any of the members either. You just... No. All right. Yeah, I was hoping you would have some more information than me. I, I don't, but 
I'm a super sleuth, and I know some super sleuths, so so we will we will be on the case. <laughs> All right, yeah, keep us updated. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if I asked this already, but why did you decide to go for the cover instead of the original uh, their 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 other or- song? I was more familiar with this one, um, and I I remember. I'll give you the stars. I think is is what it was called. I think, um, or I give you, but I didn't like it as much. <laughs> All right, yeah. That's fair. Um, moving on a little bit more into your own queerness. Um, this is um, um, so all of the questions non-binary people get asked, like how did you find out? When did you know? You being a cis person, you being a cis person, I'd like to ask you the same. Like, how did you know that you're cis? Well, there, you know, it, I can growing up and and being a, a gay kid in Montana is not. Necessary was not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. Um, it's a very cowboy redneck kind of place, and no, I mean, I, not redneck in the the gross mo mindedness way, but but just it's very country. It's it's very much that small town, you know, men are men, women are women kind of thing, and homosexuality was not really talked about at all, and so everything that I saw as far as relationship wise goes were women with with men and are men with women and so I kind of thought growing up that I was like well if I want to be with a boy I'm gonna have to be a girl and I created this whole persona in my head of of this little girl that I would kind of live the life of in my you know head my fantasies and then when I was about you know 12 13 and the whole puberty thing happened and I was like oh no there's there's this thing of men being attracted to men so I am definitely a boy who likes boys so I kind of had that hard hit of of acknowledgement when I was probably 12 or 13 right it's um I feel like in general this 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 past um 10 15 minutes or so just kind of been the media representation uh segment like um first with Marilyn's boys like or you saw out gay men doing what they do figure all right you're gonna do the same and also on a more personal level, you saw that it was actually an option that men love other men. And you're like, all right, hey, that, that clicks. Mm-hmm. How did you cope with homophobia in Montana? It, there, from my peers, my friends, there wasn't really a lot of it. Um, there's a few, you know, the, the whole smear the queer playground game stereotypical and, high school bully stereotypical yeah um which in my high school there weren't a lot of there was maybe one or two but for the most part you know i hadn't really hid who i was i didn't have the words to acknowledge it but i was never you know i never had girlfriends or anything like that and and so the the homophobia part of it more so came from members of my own family that we're like, this is how it's going to be. And if you're like this, then, you know, you're just going to die of AIDS or, you know, we'll put you in the ground and blood. I mean, just things like that, that were growing up very much mentally abusive things to be said to, you know, a 12, 13 year old boy. Right. But yeah. on the, the flip side, I had a grandmother and a cousin, older cousin who was kind of like an aunt that was very much like, nope, you are who you're supposed to be. And if this is how you are, that's perfectly fine we're gonna love you and it doesn't change you and you know you're it, basically it was you were born this way before gaga said you were born this way <laughs> right yeah and and so i had i was lucky enough 
to have that level of support to kind of combat the, the homophobia side of my family that made me basically realize, well, I don't need this whole entire section of people in my life and I can still go on and do anything I want because being a queer person is not a hindrance in any way, shape or form. And, and so I just kind of was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to be me and do me. And if you don't like it, too bad for you. Uh, is that also just kind of how you went about all of the the small daily things? Like, I don't know, say dating or something like that? Yeah, I, I, I did have a boyfriend in high school who had the exact opposite life as me. He was very much in the closet. He came from a very religious family. Nobody could know. And it was hell for him. And, and, you know, we had a couple friends that, that knew, well, one friend that knew, but no one else, no one else had any idea. And, um, which, which always made it a little, (laughs) a little weird at school dances and things when I'd see him with his date who was just all over him. And I would just sit there going, "Uh uh-huh, honey. Yeah. You, you just pretend, but I'm the one that gets to go home with him. So (laughs) jokes on you. You're not getting lucky tonight. And that part was weird and hard and often comical. I would get super jealous of these. I I was, I had him in ways no one else did, but the quote unquote girlfriends that he had had him in a way that I never got to. And, and so it, it was weird. It was hard. And in college that, that all changed. It was, you know, I, <laughs> I remember my very first date with a boy in college. I was so nervous because we were out in public and I'd never had that before. And it was like I lost the ability to speak. We're, we're good friends now. But I was just a mess because I wasn't quite sure how to act or what to do. And, and you know, I'm a very touchy-feely in a, you know, PDA kind of way. Like, I, I'm very affectionate, not a creepy right, yeah. way. <laughs> and so... You know, and and when he, you know, kind of took my hand on the table, I just had that that moment of where your heart skips a beat, you know? And I was like, well, I'm in public and this is how it should be. And and then my whole brain just went to mush and I couldn't form sentences for 45 minutes. (laughs) Just something that you never actually been able to, like the the public affectionate things, just something that you were never able to develop through high school and then all of a sudden kind of struck by surprise. Yes, 100%. It was it was very much like that. And and again, I never really hid what I was and how I was. I bet on top of that there is also the extra layer of a toxic masculinity when where men aren't expected to be publicly affectionate. Yes, and very much so and that that in Montana is still a thing, you know, men don't show their emotions, men don't you know, they don't cry. They, you know, anger is really the only emotion that you can, you know, legitimately show and not be, you know, talked down to about, um, which I always found really disgusting. Um, and uh, the high school boyfriend, there were lots of nights where, you know, there would just be tears from his end because he couldn't do it in front of anyone else. He couldn't, he couldn't cry, you know. I don't remember what movie we were watching probably something stupid like Homeward Bound or something dumb. And, I mean, he was just a puddle at the end of it, just sobbing his... I mean, to a point where I was, like, worried. I'm like, are you okay? 
and he's like, I'm just so happy and I can cry. And I was like, it was one of those heartbreaking moments because you're like, oh, and you don't get to do this in your real life or your everyday life. Okay, I'm just going to sit here and let you cry. <laughs> right, yeah. Creating creating an environment in which, you know, showing emotions is actually encouraged. I feel like that can be very relieving. I, I agree. And it's it's sad that it's still to this day you have so much of the, the to- like you said, toxic masculinity that... It's ridiculous that, you know, you expect men not to, to show emotion or do anything that, heaven forbid, you know, be you know seen as a little bit effeminate. And there, there was this meme that I saw last week, the week before, that this woman basically said, you know, stop trying to, you know, make effeminate men feel like all effeminate men are gay, not all effeminate men are gay, and not all gay men are effeminate, and, and you know, you need to just stop. And I'm like, or how about we just say that, if you are gay, it's okay. Like, it doesn't matter if you're effeminate or masculine. How about you just, it doesn't matter. And people, it's still, you know, as far as we've come, you know, in the small towns, that word is is very damaging to people. The, the whole, you know, no one wants to be called the gay kid. Right. How about we play some music again? Um, break it up a little bit. <laughs> All right, third track, uh, Open My Eyes by Tiffany. Mm -hmm. This is one of my favorite songs. All I want is written on my face Bound to find something And all your words that me into place Nothing but lies Another time Watch the things I said, but I can't see by Tiffany of the album The Color of Silence I believe released 2002 um yeah it's it, this is this this is considered her comeback album basically isn't yep. it yes it is it's it's one of my 
it is probably my all-time favorite record. Like, it's so good. Why is it your all-time favorite record? She, well, she's my all-time favorite artist. Like, I love her. But, but this album is. It kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the the theater stuff. It's, it's her emotion and and the fact that she wrote most of the songs on this album. And and it's about everything she went through when she was, you know, big in the eighties and and it's just this rough and raw, you know, pop journey of, of it's just it's an amazing record. Like it's there's not a song on there that I can't listen to over and over and over again. <laughs> it's just it's so good. It's also kinda of considered her experimental album, isn't it? Like with weird time signatures and effects yeah. and a little nudge to nine inch nails on the album cover. Yes, yeah. She it got when it came out it was critically acclaimed. Billboard did this huge article about it, um, and compared it to Linus Morissette's Jagged Little Pill and and, you know, it was basically like this is they they thought it was a great album as well, but because she was Tiffany, because she was the mall girl Nobody gave a shit, and it was it was very sad because it's an amazing album. She's an amazing artist. Um, this obviously falls in the section best live category, uh, best best live show. Um, how was how was that night? Where did you see her live? How did what was the general vibe of the evening? So I we were at the Whiskey a Go Go, and which is a huge club out here. And I went with one of my one of my best friends. She was also a recording artist back in the day, and. It was just, it, oh my god, it was so much fun. Like it was, I think the second time I'd ever seen Tiffany live, and and she performed this song, and I think I cried because <laughs> it was, it, it's just her voice is so powerful, and it, it. I was there with one of my best friends, and there was a bunch of other friends that I knew that we were all kind of there, and and just watching this woman rock out and be herself and she's got such a demanding stage presence and and it was just an all-around fun night after that we all we went out and had drinks and danced until probably three in the morning and and it was just i think one of the best nights of my life (laughs) so when are we talking because there is a video of tiffany doing this song in the whiskey uh published i want to say um september 2019 so roughly roughly a year ago so this was back in 2000 probably 2009 2010 it was one of my very first first years out here yeah so it 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 wasn't you weren't there on the night the video was shot no not that (laughs) night no yeah there there is only a 10 year difference yeah just a little bit a little bit of time so how did you why do you like this particular album over over the other ones? What makes this stand out? Because it was more like it was more real. It was it was it came out you know when when I was kind of at that age of, you know, shifting out of the like out of the bubblegum world into something a little deeper, and and she she came out with this this album that hit home for a lot of reasons. Um, I actually got the album the day after a friend passed away and there's a song on there that that she wrote called if only for a friend of hers that had passed away and um so that that connects to me because of that and there's a song called you know all silence which is about you know being a young person and basically being told to 
you sit here, you look good, doesn't really matter what you think or what you say, you're going to do what we want because we're the grown-ups. And so that resonated with me as, as someone kind of coming into my own as, as I was out at that point. And um, I'm not sleeping. It was about an abusive relationship, which the one from high school ended up being. And so there's just a lot of connectors to that point in my life, I think, that that really hit hit home for me. And there's a song on that didn't go on the album uh, that she wrote called Holy Water that's about uh, someone dealing with addiction that I ended up releasing several years later. Um, and yeah, tell us because, about that. How did that how did that came to be? So I'd heard Holy Water right around, you know, the time Color of Silence or, or shortly after. It it was a song that I loved. It's this very rock, again, a very rock song. And I was dealing with a, a boyfriend at the time that was struggling with meth. And, you know, it was something that I was like, oh, Tiffany's going to release this. And she never did. It never came out on any of her following albums. So in 2018, I reached out to her and her uh, songwriting partner. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't remember. His, it's Tim. And he's going to beat me. I can't remember his last name. Um, and I asked if I could record it. And they said they said I could. And it was such a great experience for me. Um, to be able to record something that my idol had written. So yeah, and again, something that I just, I connected with because of what I was going on in my life with that person. And um, and it's still to this day, just one of the greatest things I've ever gotten to do is record a song that she wrote. <laughs> I'm just kind of surprised how smoothly that went. It's like you just sent them an email. Hey, can I record this thing you wrote? And they're like, yeah, cool. Pretty much. Like, like she's, I've known her for... A decent amount of time. I when I was doing, I when I moved out to LA, one of the jobs I had to make money was doing press. And um, I, when the color silence came out, I had reached out to her team, and they had all kind of known me as this crazy little fanboy in Montana, and so just kind of kept that relationship going. And <clears throat> so she she knew who I was, and and that I was doing music, and yeah, it was just a I was it was just hey, can I do this? And literally got you know, the next day, yeah, sure, go ahead. It's that, you know, if you want to do it, go ahead and that's fine. And so I got to, and she was doing press for, I think the world's away album. And this reporter asked her like in, during her interview about her album, asked her about Holy water. And she just went on and on about me and, and how much she liked it. And it was, it, it, there's nothing greater than having your idol talk about you <laughs> in a positive light. Um, I had recorded a cover of one of her songs on an album and we were all talking after one of her shows and she's like, so I bought the album and I really like your take and all. And I was just like, I never need another review just because you told me you liked it. And, and it's just, yeah, it was amazing. So was it just a, um, did you only get her permission and then praise afterwards uh, when you recorded the songs or was she actually there when you recorded it? She was not there. She, I've never recorded with her in the studio, but that would be amazing. But yeah, it was after they had heard the track and, and um, which is still just awesome. <laughs> I just, I'm like all giggly and smiley because I'm thinking about, you know, the fact that she did that and that they did that. It was, it was very awesome of them to let me record it. Where would you like your music career to go from here? Like you've you've recorded 
uh, you've got praise from Tiffany. So what else is, could could you possibly want? I know, right? Um, anything. It's well, kind of going off holy water. It accidentally got played at Coachella on 2019, um, which was a super weird experience to be getting tagged at Coachella when I wasn't there. So I'd like to go there and actually perform the song. Um, this other queer artist, they were doing a queer music panel, and he had a song called Holy Water. And they, I'm sure it was a big deal for, you know, he was probably super pissed, but they accidentally played my Holy Water. And so I was tagged in all of these photos and all of these things. And this actress from Broad City was like, oh, it's so great to meet Kenneth Mogan and hear his song. And she tagged this other artist. And so when my Instagram popped up, I was like, I've been identity stolen. Like, I'm like, someone's pretending to be me at Coachella. And I was super upset. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, this was a mistake. You know, they played your song and everyone. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's happy accident. But yeah, so I, I would like to actually go there and perform at some point. That would be a, a nice step. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So what can people actually expect when they go see you live? Um, I... I'm still figuring. I haven't performed live for a while, and um, you probably won't, given the current certain circumstances. Exactly. So I will probably be all over the place. Like I love to just kind of dance around and move, and and um, I am one of those. I I'm either like standing still the whole time, like looking at one specific person, or I'm just bouncing around over the place, you know, like a five-year-old girl on, on, you know, hopped up on pixie sticks. Um, so <laughs> there's, there's no in between. I'm just all over the place. All right. This is the European in me talking. I'm not entirely sure what pixie sticks are. I'm just guessing that it's a bunch of sugar. Yes. It's, it's pure colored sugar. Like that's all it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That'll do the trick. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you miss it? performing um i do there's i'm kind of surprised that there was some hesitancy hasn't there she hesitated a little bit it's yeah it's there's something about the nervousness of it like i hate like right before i get on i hate it because i'm like i'm gonna do awful i'm gonna fall on my face which i have done and you know but when you're out there and you're doing it it's such a rush and it's so amazing and and so yeah so i do miss that energy of of performing live in front of people all right let's get into the last track of the day most recent discovery i'm not entirely sure how to pronounce this it's an x followed by a z so i'm just gonna guess it's called alexis alex oh just alex check Mm -hmm. all right living in color
Alex Johnson, Living Color. Um, I was actually um, almost about to say Robin because that's what this artist really reminds me of. Oh, she loved that. That's awesome. <laughs> the the kind of the tone of her voice, it kind of reminds me of that. Um, she's been around for a while, right? Her, didn't yeah. her first album came about like 10 years ago as well? And before that, she's acting mm-hmm. back in the 90s. Yep. She did a couple Disney shows and, and Nickelodeon and things like that. Yeah, I, I've been a huge fan of hers, you know, since we were kids. <laughs> right. Um, the, the way you say that only, it, it kind of makes it sound like you two grew up together. No, no. Well, no. Um, I've met her. Um, I've done press stuff. I've done a lot of interviews with her. And and she's another artist I really want to work with. But but no, I I grew up with her. She did not grow up with me. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We... The, that's that's something everyone must have, right? Some someone who you've always had in your I don't know, you were aware of existing and kind of saw them grow up on TV and all that type of yeah. stuff. And yeah, I'm trying to come up with an example who that would be for me, but it's it's harder than you than you think. But if you've um, if 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 you grew up with her, how come this artist ends up in the category most recent discovery? This album is just it's a her brand new album her latest album right and it's one that i have been waiting for forever it was it was an album that she started 10 or 15 years ago for epic and they shelved her and they kept the album so they didn't let her do anything with it for years and years and years and when she finally got it she was able to release it the way that she wanted and and so it's it's just like the color of silence it's just an amazing record and and i think the last the very last one that i bought <laughs> yeah you're not too much on on buying physical releases i i like to um i kind of have become a music snob where i have to when i rip them to my computer it has to be lossless um i don't like them compressed at all oh that's a lot. i just bought katy perry's new album to kind of give that a listen um, just a couple days ago, but <laughs> what'd you think of it? Because I haven't actually checked it out yet. It's it's I like it a lot better than the one before it. Before I was not a big fan of Witness, um, but I I like it. I like she's kind of going back to her her weird popness, which I've always liked about her pop women. Like I'm I'm a big fan of the pop princess, and she's one that not to the extent that Gaga is, but she just doesn't give a damn what anybody thinks about her and is not afraid to be goofy and weird. That's something that I find so attractive in people is when they're not afraid to be silly because I think there's so much, especially in the entertainment industry, where you have to look a certain way. You know, you have to have your hair this way. You have to wear these clothes. You have to act so cookie cutter. And she's just like, screw that. I'm going to be weird. And I can be gorgeous, but then make the weirdest faces in the world. And I don't care. And it's great. (laughs) So would that also apply to Alex? Or is that just a whole different... Um, type of artist she she's such an indie artist and she she's 
goofy in her own way, but not like that. <laughs> sure. She, but she is an artist that she's very much like, I don't give two shits what anyone tells me to do. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And she, she does. She, the last couple of albums, well, her whole entire catalog, she just doesn't conform to anything. She experiments with things and doesn't give a damn what anyone says, you know, you should do this to, you know, if you want to be famous. I think she's had people tell her that. And she's like, nope. I'm going to do it my way, and and she's another artist that, you know, I think when she started, they very much wanted to be like a little Britney and, and things like that and be super sexy, and she's like, yeah, that's not me. I'm not going to do that, and she didn't. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. All right, so before we wrap things up over here, there is one question that I like to end on. I'm kind of wondering why I'm still doing this because I've never really taken shape the way I want to as a concept, but I'm going to power through it until it happens. Um, so <laughs> to to wrap things up, how does your uh, music taste reflect reflect your queerness? It Wow, that's a really great question. Um, it's, oh God, like I never thought about that before. Um, there doesn't necessarily need to be a clear-cut answer, right? Just yeah. That, exactly like it's 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 kind of you know there's so many different styles to us and and so and I think music kind of reflects that because it's not like I'll pull things from all different kinds of genre like I said meatloaf to Metallica to you know Disney princess songs like it's such an eclectic sound and that's who we are as as people I think we're so we're not just this or that we we're so much more i hope that makes sense i feel like i'm not making sense but (laughs) we don't always have to make sense right exactly all right well then with that this has been queer sounds um if you like the show you can go ahead and tell a friend i like the word friend it sounds so wholesome and nice and cuddly um uh you can also just support this show financially um patreon.com slash queer sounds um if you want to give this podcast a follow on Twitter or Instagram or Tumblr or wherever you get your dose of memes, um, you can find us on all of those websites or apps or wherever you use them um, at Queer Sounds Pod. Um, as a reminder, tickets to the live show are still available um, in very limited amounts to be there in person. Uh, and in how many you like uh, as a online plus part two podcastfestival.nl and with that I'd like to thank you all for listening and I'd like to thank Kenneth for coming on the show thank you for for having me this was a lot of fun I really 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 enjoyed this your face during Maryland Boys is still my favorite thing Um, (laughs) it was fantastic so (laughs) 